0: Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Amen. Amen. I came up on the wrong side of the platform here. Praise the Lord. We're so excited as we are actually taking a turn in the Exalted Christ series, as you turn, turn in your Bibles with me to to, to, uh, John chapter 6. And in John chapter 6, the video introduced um, Jesus as the great I am of the Bible of the New Testament. And Jesus is now going to begin to declare that he is the I am. And in the Bible, there are seven signs. We've covered five signs, but there are also seven I am's. Here it's in the, it's actually in the, the, the book, the, the book of John that we've been um, offering to you guys. And he is the bread of life. He is the door of the sheep. He is the light of the world. Jesus is now beginning to declare himself as the great I am. Now when you think about that, it's important for you to understand that the people who were listening to him, they were getting what he was saying. And what he was doing is he was making a reference that went all the way back to the book of Exodus. In the book of Exodus, Moses had an encounter with God at the burning bush. This is very very important. And and God says to Moses, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt and I want you to walk into the court of Pharaoh, the reigning power of the world at that time. I want you to walk into the court of Pharaoh and say, God has spoken to me and I'm to tell you, let my people go. And when Pharaoh asked, Moses said, well, who do I say sent me when he asked who is God? He said, you declare to Pharaoh that I am has sent you. I am means that Jesus, that God always was. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, He's the God who was and is and is to come. How many know there was no beginning to God? God always was. There was no cause to God because He is self caused. He is God in Himself. Everything else is caused, but God is the great I am, and He's starting to declare to us in the Word. That He is the Great I Am, and what 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 uh, the Book of John wants to do is to impact our view and our understanding of who Jesus really is. Wants to elevate who He really is in our lives. Now, what's interesting about about this particular uh, um, point is that. Jesus comes into to every generation, so to speak, but here's p- specifically comes on to the stage uh, 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 of life and he's declaring that he's the great I am. And it goes, in contrast to all of the uncertainties of life. They had reporters back in that day. They had their opinions. They had people in power. They had religious perspectives, just like today. Look at this quote uh, um, by Chuck Klosterman that says, but what if we were wrong? He says, we live in a culture of casual certitude. That means we're certain about things, but it's really casual. It's not that important. He says, this has always been the case. And then, of course, time passes. Ideas shift. Opinions invert. What once seemed reasonable eventually becomes absurd. In other words, what seemed reasonable 20 years ago today might be absurd. And there are all kinds of cultural issues that you and I have to grapple with. And we have to say, wait a second, it just keeps changing. This keeps changing. This issue keeps changing. That issue keeps changing. And in the midst of all of the change, Jesus declares himself in your life, in my life, and in all of this world as the great I am, the one who never changes. How many know Jesus never changes? Everything else changes. Look at this very quickly. For example, in the art world, okay, Countless famed artists, including Van Gogh and the impressionist Monet, Renoir, Cezanne. Okay, they were all ignored and dismissed and died penniless. Monet died penniless. Right now, if you, to to purchase a Monet, will $70 million, $100 million, $200 million for just one of his paintings. But in that day, he wasn't even regarded or respected. You know why? Because opinions change. But God never changes. You see? Could you imagine that? Listen, Moby Dick in literature, Moby Dick was such a failure that it ended Herman Melville's career and it led to a life of depression. And he was living in depression, not knowing that years would go by and one day Moby Dick would be categorized as possibly one of the greatest novels uh, uh, ever written. But you know why? It's because opinions change, but how many know Jesus? Jesus. Never changes. This is important, guys, because what the world is saying to you today, they may not be saying it tomorrow. The people who are heroes today may not be heroes tomorrow. But how many know Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in every generation? Last one. This is interesting. Science Digest. Science Digest in 1948, okay, they said, here's what they said. They said landing and moving around the moon offers so many serious problems for human beings that it may take science another 200 years to lick them. And this prediction was 179 years off because they got to the moon in like 20, 21 years right after that. You know why? Because scientific opinions change, but how many know Jesus never changes? And so this is a very important thing because this is an information-saturated world. And before you came here today, you were bombarded by all sorts of information, bombarded by all sorts of opinions. It's just, it's smashing against your life constantly. You, you know, people live on their smartphones. The smartphone is just giving you this news and this flash, and it's just, oh, oh how many times I'm talking to someone, ESPN pops up, they get the, the score or the news, depending on what you follow. We are all being bombarded by opinions, but it's important that Jesus uh, uh, wants to reveal to us and say, listen, times change, but I, I never change because I am. Amen. He's worthy to be trusted. You understand? You can count on Jesus. How many would say amen? Amen. Now, as we go to look at today's passage, and I want to say today's passage is subtle. These are low-key truths that are very, very important. Okay? Everyone say very important. That's what this message is, very important. Okay? And here's what Jesus is going to be teaching us today. He's going to be teaching us how to and how not to follow him. Okay? How to and how not to follow him. There are ways to follow God and there are ways not to follow God. And Jesus is gonna begin to introduce the I ams, but the next three sermons that we're going to be covering, and I hope you'll be reading along in your Bible with us, the next three sermons are all going to be about really following Jesus. Are you really following Jesus? That's a good question to ask ourselves today. Are you really following the Lord? When you follow the Lord, you need to follow the Lord the way he wants to be followed. Can I get an amen? Amen. He's a classic example of that. In In the Old Testament, there's a story of two brothers, Cain and Abel. So both brothers offered something to God. One brother's offering was accepted... The other brother's offering was not accepted. And when the offering was not accepted, he got angry and got upset. He eventually actually killed his brother. But he got angry. And here's what God said to him. Why are you so upset? If you offer what is right, won't you be received also? But what if you don't offer what is right? What if you don't follow the way the Lord wants you to follow? And so what I want to, what we're going to do, especially over the course of the next three weeks, but even today, I want to really pray that God would give every individual here the clarity that they need so that they could really follow Jesus. How many want to really follow Jesus? Could I see your hands? Come on, let me see your hands. You really want to follow Jesus. Amen. And so Jesus is teaching powerful things, but in a sense, in a way from the negative, and uh, the title of the message today is I am not. I am not. Because sometimes before we can really focus in on who I am is, we got to get clarity on who I am is not. So let's go ahead and look at this passage. Now remember we've been walking through this over the last A couple of weeks, Jesus did a miracle. He fed uh, uh, really over 10,000. He fed 5,000 men, but over 10,000, who knows, 15,000 people because one boy offered their lunch. To Jesus, and remember, we, t- we this was one of the lessons that we learned, is that an individual offering is often used to bring about a corporate solution. And a little boy made an offering, and he fed all of these people. And then after that, his disciples went on a lake. They they and and they 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 went off uh, to a different place. Jesus went to pray. They were in a storm, and then uh, um, Jesus came walking on the water. And then they immediately got to shore. Those are the last two messages we've we've covered. So that's the context. So then watch this. It says, the next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea knew that there had been only one boat. They also knew that Jesus had not boarded the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone off alone. Some boats from Tiberias came near the place where they ate the bread after the Lord gave thanks... And when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. Now when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And then Jesus answered. Everyone say these three words to me. Ready? I assure you. Okay. So here's what we've been saying so far. And in this passage, in this, this, this is a, 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 I forget how many verses, this is a long string of verses that we're gonna get three messages out of. It's in the 50s or 60s. In this long passage, Jesus is gonna say four times, I assure you, four times. I assure you, I assure you, I assure you. Some of your Bibles say truly, truly. So this is important. The I am, the unchanging was, one is now saying, I assure you. And here's when Jesus says, I assure you, or truly, truly, here's what he means. What he means is this. You can take what I'm about to say to you, you can take that to the bank. Okay, here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, listen to me, as they do, the Cubans do. You can take that. You can take that to the bank. (laughs) All right? So we have to listen closely to what he's saying. Because he's saying this is the truth right now. You ready? So look. He says, I assure you, you're looking for me not because you saw the signs, the works of power that were meant to teach you but because you ate the loaves and were filled. It's because you were hungry. Don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal of approval on him. Now let me stop here right now. I've failed to say this in the introduction, but last week we talked about uh, one, a facet of this, and I want to say this again. Jesus is the only one, okay, who declares himself to be eternal, Out of all the other religions, none of the leaders of all the other major religions even dare to declare that they are eternal. But Jesus is declaring that he is eternal. And when he says, I can give you food that is for eternal life, it's because he's eternal. No one else can give us food that that leads to eternal life because no one else is eternal. But he's the great I am. Amen? So, listen to this. What can we do to perform the works of God, they asked. And Jesus replied, we're going to end on this verse. In a way, this is the key verse, but we'll end on it. It says, this is the work of God that you believe, that you live by faith in the one he has sent. Then watch this. What sign then are you going to do so we may see and believe they asked, what are you going to perform? And you know what, I read that. I said, oh, no, they didn't. <laughs> they did not just say to the king of glory, what are you going to perform for us? But see, people do that. You see? People do that. I don't know if they did it, we do it. Because we're just like them. And they were just like us. That was a good murmur, amen. People, hmm. So. All right. Glad we're on the same page. They said, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness just, just as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I assure you, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven, but my father gave you bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Could we praise God for his word? <laughs> Amen. What Jesus is doing for them and what I believe he wants to do for us right now is he wants to give us clarity on how to follow him and how not to follow him. So today is one of those days that you have to listen really you got to listen with your heart and see where do I fall in this because it's possible to want to follow God but be following him incorrectly. And so we want to follow God the way he wants to be followed. Can I get an amen? amen? All right, so let's pray that right now. Let's pray because everyone's life is different. Everyone's situation is different. Different addresses, different homes, apartments, different places, different jobs, different families, but one unchanging Lord, the great I am. And despite all of our differences, how many know as the Lord, the great I am, he is worthy to be followed as he pleases. So let's pray. Father, thank you for Lord this day and for this time. Your love is amazing. And we are the recipients of that love. And we celebrate you and your goodness and we thank you for your word. And God, I pray that you would use your word to speak to every heart and every life. Lord, I pray that for some of us that we would go deeper in our following of you. I pray for others of us that there would be a radical adjustment in our following of you. You know the Holy Spirit knows all things. And so, Father, would you help my feeble lips, O oh God, and then, Lord, help every, every set of ears and heart to receive. Thank you for this time. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. 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 So, as I mentioned, the title is I Am Not, and Jesus is teaching them, A few things. Here's the first thing that he's teaching them. He's teaching them, I am not temporal, I am eternal. I am not temporal. Here's what I really wanted to write I am not temporary, but that would have been grammatically incorrect. But I want to say it. What Jesus is saying, if he's like talking straight, Jesus is saying, I'm not temporary, and there's nothing temporary about me. Okay? If you want to deal with me and if you want to follow me, you need to understand I am not temporary. I am the great I am. I am eternal. So watch this. He says, look, you're looking for me. You're following me. You're crossing the lake and coming after me. Not because you saw my glory and power. Why? But because you ate loaves and were filled. It's just because you're hungry. Don't work for food that perishes, but for food that will last for eternal life. Jesus is saying, if you want to follow me, you got to make a shift. You got to shift from the temporary to the eternal. If you really want to have a relationship with God, when you talk to God, you can't talk to God on a temporary basis because there's nothing temporary about him. You see, what that means is is that you have an issue today, but you can't put the demands of your issue today on God and say, what are you going to do for me? You have to recognize that you are in the presence of the great king, the great I am, the prince of peace and the Lord of lords. And lots of people, when they relate to God, the focus of their relating to God is always on the basis of the temporary. But He's eternal. Everything is about him is eternal. Look real quickly in Peter. OK, this is not the thrust, but this is the big, the big picture. you have to understand. We have a priceless inheritance, priceless, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. What God has for you when you get to heaven is beyond the reach of change and decay. If you're following Jesus, if you've given your life to Christ, regardless of your rotten track record, regardless of the mess, how many know if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, hallelujah. The old is past, hallelujah, and the new is come. Here's what the promise is. He has a beautiful inheritance and it cannot be reached by the change and the decay of this world. Now because of that, it says... You must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as everyone, temporary residence. You see, there's nothing temporary about God and everything about us is temporary. Don't get that mixed. Don't let that get mixed in your head, okay? Okay. Sometimes for us, what's happening right now is permanent and God is temporary. But there's nothing temporary about God. There's everything temporary about our lives. And we have to get clear that when we go to God, it begins with us understanding that God is focused on your eternity. Now here's what that basically means. Okay, here's the the key application here for this point is that Jesus came to impact more than just the moments of your life. Jesus came to impact the rest of your life, everyone until heaven. Let me say that one more time. Jesus didn't come just to impact your today. Jesus came to impact the rest of your todays until heaven. And so it's gonna look different, you see. When we're hungry and when we live for our physical appetites, all we can think about is the meal right now. Anyone, anyone kinda like me that when you get really hungry, you could get kind of ornery, like a bad mood, like rah, rah. You know what I'm saying? It's like I have to pray, okay, Jesus, I'm a pastor, let me just be in the spirit right now, because I'm waiting for the food and I'm hungry. <laughs> See, but some people they live their whole life like that if they don't get what's now they don't get what they want now right now right now right now they get they get a bad attitude they get angry and let me tell you something if you really want to follow god i'm telling you right now you cannot treat god as the god who's temporary and all he's not focused on your temporary he's focused on your eternity you see When God looks at you, He can take care of what you're going through right now. But He wants to focus on your everyday, all the way until you get to heaven. That's what He's focusing on. And if you gotta follow God, you gotta make make peace with the fact that you can't force God into your mode. You have to follow Him as the Eternal I Am. In other words. God wants to impact the rest of your emotional and psychological life. Your emotional and psychological life is important to God. And what that means is you might have to face some hard things so that you can actually get healed instead of him healing, giving you some kind of a new numbing agent, a new numbing agent, a new numbing agent, more of this, more of that to master the pain. No, God doesn't operate like that. God wants to deal with the source of your pain, and he's able because he's the great I am. He's the great healer, and he wants to heal you. You think God wants to make you feel good in this service and then you go home and be depressed? That's not what God wants to do. He wants to impact the rest of your emotional and psychological life. How does that happen? It's when he really becomes the great I am. He wants to impact the rest of your decisional life. We make so many decisions based on the temporary instead of the eternal. Some jobs shouldn't be taken no matter how much money they offer you see some people should not be dated no matter how beautiful or handsome they are amen yeah. you see god can fix your marriage how many of you know god can fix every marriage hallelujah But listen, he doesn't want to do a temporary fix. He wants to do a permanent fix. A lot of people, they come to God and they're seeking Him for a temporary fix. You see, here's the thing that will often ruin our walk with God we treat Jesus as the king of the quick fix. But he's not the king of the quick fix. He's the king of the permanent fix. He's the king of the eternal fix. Could I get an amen? Can we put our hands together? <laughs> Hallelujah. And so, and so it can't be your version of this getting done. It's God's version of it getting done. How are you following him today? Are you following him as the great I am? Or are you grumbling when he doesn't do exactly what you want him to do? You see? Listen, here's how you know that you're in, um, in kind of a quick fix mode. When you say things like, well, I'll just get another boyfriend, quick fix. I'll just get another girlfriend, quick fix. Here's a good one. I just need another drink. Oh, now he's messing with stuff right there. <laughs> quick fix. You don't need another drink. You don't need another drink. There are living waters that are better than any drink. There are rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Don't be telling me how to live. Well, who's your king? Is he the great I am? You see? This is very, very important, guys. This is a big deal. Because here's, a, here's, here's one more. Let me just say this one. Okay. I just need another church. Wow. Mm. Let me talk to you about that for a second. Okay. Let me tell you, serious, serious, serio. Let me talk to you about that for a second. Okay. My my father-in-law was my pastor. He taught me this, this is very important. So what I was taught, and I believe this is very biblical is that when someone leaves your church, you're supposed to rejoice. And when someone comes to the church, you're supposed to rejoice. Okay? Some people, some pastors rejoice when people come, but they get angry when people go. Let me tell you why that's wrong. It's wrong because this is not my church. I, I just, I, I'm just a servant of the Lord. And so because I'm just a servant of the Lord and God's kingdom, this church, There's there's nothing, this church is not better than any other church. There's nothing special about this church. That's not for drama. That's the truth. If there's anything special, it's only one thing. It's the great I am. It's King Jesus. How many will say amen? That's why... We pray for churches in the suburbs. We pray for churches on the, on the south side and the west side and the east side. As long as they're serving Jesus, how many know when they win, we all win, right? When they win, we all win, amen? <laughs> Pastor Matt today is in, in Indonesia. He, he's, he probably preached twice already while we were sleeping uh, uh, he was preaching, and um, uh, he's in Indonesia. That's part of our, our family. We're all part. So in our mind, for me, when someone leaves the church, I can't get upset. That's foolish. Except if they're not led by God. You see? But sometimes what happens with people is they, someone hurts them. Or, they, they, or someone is something is said. You know, and uh, this or that. And, and instead of really looking to the great I am, they start saying, I'm not being fed at this church anymore. You know how many times I've heard I'm not being fed? I'm like, what do you mean you're not being fed? I put the verse right in front of you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, put the, I do what they say in the Bible. Put the verse up and tell the people this is what this means. That's what we do every week here. Okay. So if you're not being fed, it's because you don't want to be fed. See, but here's the thing, and I don't mean that with an attitude. I need, you know, Jesus, if you see this story, Jesus is talking straight. He's saying, I'm telling you the truth. You're only here because you're physically hungry, not because you have any spiritual hunger. So here's the point, okay? You got to be spiritually hungry if you really want the great I am. How many would say amen? We want to be people who are spiritually hungry. And so this is, a, this is a big deal because he wants to impact our lives, but not in a quick-fix way. And I want you to know that sometimes we want God to solve things. And I literally had this conversation with someone this week. We, want, we ask God to help us, and God is trying to solve the problem. But the only problem is he's not solving it the way we want it solved, and so we catch an attitude. Stop catching an attitude today. Because, how many, let me tell you something, he will not bend. One of the things that we are going to discover when Jesus comes back, the whole world will discover that God is the king of glory, and when he sits upon his throne, he will judge and rule according to his glorious and powerful word, and it won't matter what position someone holds or how much money they had in their bank account or what their political slant was. It will be what did his words say. Now you're looking at the one whose eyes are like fire. Can we get an amen? I love these light messages. They're so light and fun. <laughs> so the first thing that he's teaching us is I'm not temporal. I'm not, I'm not uh, 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 temporary. I am eternal. And everything that I do is on the basis of my understanding of eternity. You see? And so on the other side, I just let me just say this. The musicians could come. On the other side, I want to say this. You know, let your soul be at rest because God is good. Rest. Calma. You know, God is good. And whatever light and momentary affliction you're going through, it's nothing compared to the surpassing glory that we're going to receive when we get to heaven, the Bible says. Hallelujah, hallelujah for that day when we see him face to face. So the first thing he says is, look, I'm not temporal. Here's the second thing that he says to them. He says to them, I am not an instrument, I'm the Lord. They say, what sign then are you going to do so we may see and believe you? They ask, what are you going to perform? Which I can't believe they said that to him. Watch this. Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness, just as it is written, he, when they say he, they're referring to Moses. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said, I assure you, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. Moses was just my instrument. You see, Moses was just an instrument. It didn't come from Moses. It came from the Lord. And a lot of times we try to relate to God as the basis of an instrument. Here's what they were saying. They were saying, look, this guy's been doing all of these miracles. And I say that reverently, but this is what they were saying. Okay. They're saying this guy's been doing all these miracles and he fed all those people. And I know that in the Old Testament, Moses... Prayed or whatever, and, and for 40 years, those people didn't even have to work. Food just kept coming out. Imagine if you got up tomorrow and said, Hey, the men are just going to Marianos, everything's free, everything's open. 40 years. Come on, come on, come on, God. Amen. Right? And so they were saying, that's what we want you to do for us. Okay. Meanwhile the only reason why that happened is God was being merciful to those people. Those people were stiff-necked and rebellious in the in the 40 years they lived in the desert. It was his mercy that was providing for them. You see but a lot of people, what they do is they try to treat God as an instrument and God is not an instrument. Here, this is important for you to, here's the distinction between Jesus and Moses, which also the book of Hebrews addresses this issue in, in a broad way also. But look, Moses was the in- instrument, but Jesus is the source. Moses was the lawgiver, but Jesus was the grace bringer. And grace is God doing for you what you can't do for yourself. Grace, in a sense, is what we needed because if we only had the law, we would be, we would be in, in grave trouble. You see? Moses was a man, but Jesus is God. Hallelujah. You see? And so it's important for you and I to understand that whenever you want to really follow God, never treat him like an instrument. Always treat him like the Lord, the King of glory. (laughs) You see? Now here's what happens, okay? Here's what happens. This is a very important point, okay? When the instrument becomes the source, the expectation is performance rather than lordship. I know that's not easy, but I want you to think about that for. I want you to drink that in. When the instrument becomes the, sto- the, uh, the the source, the expectation is performance rather than lordship. Whenever Jesus becomes an instrument in your life, okay, you just want him to do, do for you, do for you, do for you. And he does do for us. Do you know the Bible says he reigns on the righteous and the unrighteous? Well, why do you think that God... God takes care of this whole world, even though the whole world doesn't care about him. It's because his love is amazing. And he wills that none would perish. And he's so loving and patient, he's just giving people a chance and giving people a chance, giving people a chance. But for us to understand him, what we have to know is that Jesus will not be treated as an instrument. He needs to be treated as Lord. Now, how does this really flesh out guys okay how does this really flesh out the way it fleshes out is when things happen to you and I and this is why there's so much disappointment sometimes for Christians live in disappointment and it's because their relationship with Jesus is based on whether he does what they want or not is that the way you follow the Lord today because what God wants okay and this is how we're going to end God loves when we say, Lord, if it's a good day, I'm going to worship you. If it's a bad day, I'm going to worship you in everything. I will give you glory and honor and praise. I won't forget all of your benefits. Come on, let's put our hands together. He's worthy to be praised, oh God. Hallelujah. Well, Some people really struggle with that. Some people really, really, they, they, they're hurt because their connection to God is the wrong kind of connection. The right kind of connection is, Lord, you went to the cross and suffered and there are gonna be up days and down days, but no matter what happens, though you slay me, I will trust you. I'm just going to keep my eyes upon you, Lord Jesus. How many would say amen? See, look, and there's someone here, I'm telling you right now. We prayed in the first service. I I, I walked in just a few minutes late uh, 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 to the second service. And I don't know if we prayed, but in the first service, we prayed for breakthrough in the meetings today. And that was for this. And I'm believing God for breakthrough. But let me tell you something. Today, someone's breakthrough, you know what your breakthrough is? Your breakthrough is that you stop focusing on God as an instrument and you start receiving him as Lord. I'm telling you right now, your life will change. I was, uh, last week, uh, I got, first time in 30 years, I got into a car accident. And... um, I, I pulled out of, pulled out into the street. It was right there on Caldwell Avenue. I pulled out and I was driving and it was ice in the ground. And so the car, it was a red light, like by the wall. And so I started, I put on the brake and I started to slide. And I'm putting on the brake and I slid like from here all the way to the wall. I was going, and it was like bumper cars. And I mean, it was like a slow motion kind of thing. And then I hit one car, hit two cars, I spun around, hit the same car twice. It was my neighbor. <laughs> nice. And uh, hit my neighbor. It was so slow that the 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 bag didn't eject. It wasn't like a, a hard thing, but good enough to cost thousands of dollars of damage on my front. And so um, I was like, we had to all go to this police station. And I'm driving to the police station and the front my front fender's like hanging, dragging, and everybody's going like you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, nice, nice. I'm just driving. You know what I mean? And I had one of those moments where I started going, man, Lord, I got all of this important stuff to do. You know? And I had one of those moments. And then it was like, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Chrissy called me. Ba, ba. And she was like, oh, thank God you're safe. And I was like, thank God everyone's safe. You know? This thing could have been terrible. Jesus is faithful, he protected me. I know bumpers can be replaced. That's just temporary. You see? And a lot of times God allows a negative thing to bring about the most positive things. You meet people, you talk to people, things happen that are are, are wonderful and amazing. But see, see, if we, we can get upset because... In our minds, the instrument didn't do what we wanted to do, you know. And today God wants to set you free of that because here's what happens. Okay, listen to me. Especially if you've got hardship in your life. Even if you have hardship in your life, you don't have to be like knocked back and forth and and depressed and discouraged and unhappy all the time. God wants us to be calm. And strong and rooted. How? Like a tree. Right? How many of the trees in, you ever see one of the trees in Horner Park going and jumping around? Man, those bad boys are rooted. That's the way he wants us to be. Good things, bad things. God wants us to leave this place. Listen, he wants us to leave this place today. And even though our lives are not perfect, somebody will look at us and they'll say, man, why are you so calm? Why do you have so much joy and so much strength? And we say, it's easy. We serve the great I am. The great I am. He's with me. Good days, bad days. God is faithful. Hallelujah. Yeah. Following him that way will change the quality of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of days of your life if the Lord gives you life. You see? Without him doing one miracle for you, if you just, hallelujah, he's the great I am. He's the great I am. I trust him. I believe him. Yeah, I'm asking God for this breakthrough, but while I'm waiting for the breakthrough, oh, my soul is at rest. How many know our soul should always be at rest? And so, here's the last thing. What he's really saying is, I'm not this, I'm not that, okay? Here's what he's really saying. He's saying, I am the eternal Lord and all you have to do is put your faith in me. Jesus replied, this is the work of God, that you, everyone, believe. Believe in the one he sent. Believe in Jesus. Jesus above all other gods. Jesus above, that, that, that's why I haven't said this in a while, but it's a trip to me when Christians, like, get all upset and fight. Sometimes, we, we've even had fights on the internet between Christians. Is uh, because of politics. Is that the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard? It is to me. It's ridiculous. You know why? Because politicians come and go. Give it four years, there will be another one. I mean, know. Jesus never changes. He never, ever changes. Well, Jesus is the king of everything but politics. You know, that's my thing. No, it's, it's, stop it. Stop it. Love your brother even if you don't agree with him on your political position. How many would say amen? That would please the Lord. Amen. amen. Hard to clap on that one. Good gracious. We got to grow up. We got to grow up. We got to grow up. You got to grow up. You amen. see? Come on, let's say amen to that because it's true. Here's All right, here's the, here's the closing thought. As the eternal Lord, he wants you and I. He wants someone here today either to go deeper or to make a change. And here it is. God wants us to believe that Jesus wants to make more than just a momentary impact on your life. And if it doesn't make sense, don't worry. Just believe and follow because he is faithful. All things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Okay, even if it's not perfect today. Also believe that surrendering to his lordship is what's best for your life. And so surrender and follow. Everyone say and follow. follow. That's the key, surrender and follow, but follow on his terms, not on your terms. His way, not our way. That's why we were singing May I decrease and you increase. Can I tell you, I have to say this. So the lines to that song are, uh, it's, it's not about, it's all about you, it's not about me. So last service, this is a classic example of what I was talking about. So it, could you put the words up because I'm going to get them wrong. Could you put those words up back there so I could see them, they can put them on the wall for me. Okay, look, it's all about you, it's not about me. Repeat that with me. It's all about you, it's not about me. Last service, I was singing, it's all about me, it's not about you. I was like, oh snap, that's the wrong song. But sometimes we live like that. It's all about me, God, you don't understand, it's not about you, but how many know he does understand. Come on, let's lift our hands. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, give your heart to follow him as we begin to sing. I decree, as you increase, it's, it's all about you, it's not, not about me. I decree. As you increase, it's all about you. It's not about Come on with your hands raised to the Lord. I decrease He's less of us, more of him as you increase, it's all about you, it's not about me. I decree. not about me Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit break us come and overtake us you're the one we're living for come on put your hand on your heart as you sing it to him Holy Spirit lead us to the heart of Jesus by faith a faith that's pleasing to you Lord a faith not that's a faith that's pleasing to us we want to please you help us to please you come on pray that God we want to please you It's, it's not about us oh God it's about you Lord Jesus help us Lord marriages can be changed if we'll just surrender to the eternal fix Emotions, minds, hearts, relationships, and God, we invite you to come in and be the Lord of our lives, be the Lord of everything that concerns us, be our Lord, be our Lord, God. Help us to serve you, to honor you, to follow you the way you want to be followed, not the way. We want to follow you. So fathers, we go from this place. I pray that right now that there would be a breakthrough. I pray that there would be a new level of rest and strength and rootedness, God, because we're letting go of the temporary, oh God. We're letting go of the temporary fix right now in the name of Jesus we're we're letting go oh God of instruments and we're focusing on your lordship over our lives oh God you know better oh God I pray that for some young person here today I pray that for an older person here today we want to follow you and honor you So Lord, I pray that this would be a day of just supernatural rest. I pray that this would be a new season of strength and joy, oh God. Because Lord, you know what we need and you are faithful to to provide for everything that we need according to your riches and glory. And so we trust you and we rest in you. And Father, we pray that everyone here would be amazing, powerful symbols of what it is to rest in the great I am. God, whether we go to the suburbs, let the great I am be seen. If we go downtown, let the great I am be seen, oh God. Wherever we go, south side, west side, oh God. Indiana, Wisconsin, oh God. Michigan, God, let the great I am be seen because of who we're following because of how we're walking. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your goodness and faithfulness to our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Come on, let's give God a hand of appreciation. Hallelujah, Lord. Blessed be your name, oh God. Glory, glory to your name. Amen. And amen, come on, as the family of God, greet four or five people before you go. God bless you. We'll see you on Tuesday.